listening to episode 287 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at the third season of the Netflix science fiction series, Travelers. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about this in a couple minutes, but ain't going to be a fourth. Yeah, I, I mean, like when I listened to Fred's feedback, I saw, I guess I, I, I clearly missed a significant conversation on the uh, the Facebook page. Yes, you did. I think Michael was the one that alerted us as soon as it came over the wire. So, uh, yeah, well, you know, we'll talk about it, but it's you know, certainly uh, disappointing. That's for sure. I've got my yeah. uh, I've got my conspiracy theory ready to go, though. <clears throat> okay. So, but okay. Uh, you know, if you want to contact us with your conspiracy theory or. <laughs> episode feedback questions whatever uh emails can go to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com go to the website leave us a voicemail record your own audio clip and send it to us the way fred always does tweet us at sci-fi tv rewatch or consider joining the facebook group and get into the discussions there so yeah obviously the big news this week is that netflix has canceled travelers there's going to be no fourth season unless another streaming service picks up the show but that doesn't really seem likely because nobody associated with the show has even raised that possibility i i I know in the past that was certainly something that happened right away and and it happened with lucifer and uh, my guess is this is it. I guess we'll have to be satisfied with the ending that we've got, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, as we'll discuss right. in a few weeks. But uh, um, are you ready to hear my conspiracy theory? Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if you're going to make me wait, so go okay. ahead. All right. So we we know, based on the ending, uh, I'm trying to not be spoilery here. Well, should maybe, we should we table this until the yeah, spoilers? Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll do my conspiracy theory for the uh, spoiler section. So we'll we'll okay. just we'll just leave it there. So right. All right, uh you want to go first with your tip this week? Yeah. So this is a tip actually one of my neighbors gave me a while back and I just watched it. It's uh The Bodyguard on Netflix. Oh, okay. I've seen it. So, I mean, I haven't watched it, but I've seen it up on my Yeah, queue. it was it was pretty good. It was very in the in the spirit of Jack Bauer kind of 24 uh stuff going on, but um yeah, you know, it's just uh you know, the basic premise is this uh Afghan war vet it's oh it takes place in, in England. Uh so this Afghan war vet is assigned to be the uh the main officer in uh um a, a bodyguard for uh, important uh, member of the home office or the home secretary. I don't know. Whatever. So a, a very important government position in England. And she is a female and she is attractive. And, you know, so that's kind of like the premise of it is of uh, this lady who is rather conservative uh, member of power and this um, young guy who is assigned to be her bodyguard. So I know I'm making it sound like it's like some kind of it's all you know it's 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 an action thing and uh you know as, the more i talk about it, the more i realize i will spoil things if i talk too much so i i'll just leave it at that that it was really good it's only six episodes and they're all like uh they're all like an hour long the last one's like an hour 15 minutes long um but very uh, yeah I, I watched it uh in like maybe like three nights i think i probably could have watched it um you know, easily in two. Uh, so, yeah, but I, I recommend it. it's, it's a uh, good fun. 
you know, there's like all the government conspiracy stuff is in there as well. So check it out. All right, cool. All right, well, we're recording this the day after the Super Bowl. And while I, I watched the game itself, I literally did not watch one minute of the halftime show i had to finish up the series finale of continuum which i enjoyed much more than i would have uh if i'd watched uh, maroon five and whoever else was up on stage with them but Big boy I, all the kids I, were talking about it. they knew uh, who he was okay well i also didn't see too many of the commercials because typically what would happen is the commercial would come on i'd open up my laptop and i was working all on right. something but i did I think see I know a where few you're going with this so my tip of the week is if you haven't seen the Bud Light commercial, yes, check out the Bud Light. I'm not going to say anything Best else. Just commercial. Go, go to YouTube. Ever right, Bud Light. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. okay. But my real tip of the week is a show that's currently on Netflix. It's not sci-fi. It's called Sex Education, starring Gillian Anderson and Asa Butterfield, who you may know from Ender's Game. He played the. Uh, main character in that flick there are eight episodes and the premise is that Gillian anderson is asa butterfield's character's mother and she is a renowned sex therapist who works out of her home uh she's divorced and apparently her husband or ex-husband's also a sex therapist but you know we generally just see him via skype at least so far but anyway so she's a sex therapist And he's this nerdy little high school kid who hasn't really had sex yet. And his mother has no boundaries and embarrasses the hell out of him. But what happens is he ends up helping this kid who's, I guess, one of the the main kids on campus and and, uh, without giving too much away. He has a sexual problem, and somehow he ends up talking it out with Asa Butterfield's character, and he really helps him. And the next thing you know is this girl who's alternately perceived as being hot but very scary. She decides, hey, we need to go in business. I'll get the appointments. I'll collect the money. You give the advice. We're going to run a business. And that's what they do. So you'll, you'll see scenes where... His mother is conducting a therapy session with a couple, and he's sitting there listening through the vent, basically picking up pointers for what he can use (laughs) in his therapy sessions. And it's really funny. It's really, I don't want to say emotional. I mean, there are some emotional scenes. It's, uh, I think it's a really relevant show. They cover a lot of, I, I think, important topics without getting too preachy. Okay. All right. So episode eight, Archive, season three, written by Ken Kabatoff, who also wrote 302 Yates and 212-001, directed by Amanda Tapping, and this is her eighth episode. So opening scene, right away, we see Christopher Heyerdahl. He's the actor. And yes. I mean, we know him from Van Helsing. He is the quintessential bad guy, epitome of evil in van helsing at the moment this character named sam uh certainly know him from sanctuary he's just whenever you see christopher Heyerdahl, you know things are about to go awry i can't remember the name of the show oh the, um oh my god hell on wheels there we go Whew. it said hell on wheels he played 
the bad. I mean, like even for Christopher Heyerdahl, bad guy, this guy was bad. I mean, he was like just the worst. Ba- by worst, I mean the best bad guy ever on uh, on Hell on Wheels. He was so good. Um, he's he's just great in everything he does. You know, he was even in uh, the librarians a little bit, right? He played yeah. Rasputin. Sure. Yep. So um, you know, he's he's definitely a uh you know a, a a mark of quality when when he's in something you know right. it's going to be good so i mean we see him parked in the middle of nowhere carrying women's clothes a purse and a can of gasoline and we're like okay this can't be good and right. you know, he takes the necklace burns the rest and of course the camera makes a point of showing us that some gasoline splashes on his boot then we see him driving down the road wearing an EMT uniform. And, of course, at that point, we don't really know whether he's posing as an EMT. But it, it does seem as if he actually is one. But he lights the cigarette, becomes distracted, and then you know drops the cigarette, ignites the gas on his boot. And that's when the individual was slated to die. And, of course, a traveler takes over. But, oh, my God, the couple in the car helps him out, douses the flame. And I guess it's the nausea associated with the gas fumes that causes him to throw up. And then we see an eyeball on the ground implying that he killed and eaten his victim. He clearly needs to chew his food better because that eyeball was whole. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, just bits (laughs) of flesh in there. I guess it's like an oyster. You know, you just take it down at once. But we really have two stories here. I mean, certainly one, you know, saving the mission for why he has been sent in the first place, but then also the story with Dawn and the faction. And and then we've got a couple of little side stories that we'll get to. But Joe tells Mac that she needs him to be an FBI agent for a bit. And and this is one of the things that it's I'm going to miss this almost more than anything, the relationship that they are developing. And Fred brings this up in his feedback but they have the EMT who they suspect is the Bellevue butcher. And, you know, Max says, yeah, yeah, I know serial killer known for eating parts of his victims. And then of course he denies it, but I love the line and, and, and I get it. She's telling him, look, I know who you are. I know why you're here, but I need you to be an agent for a bit. Can you do it? And I love his response to her that, you know, haven't told you much about the future, but trust me, this is nothing. Yeah, it's like he he's been waiting to use that line just like for just the right moment, you know, it's like he's got this zinger. Yeah, and and like you said, it, you wonder how long he's been waiting to to use it. Yeah. But the two of them begin the interrogation of Christopher Heyerdahl's character Andrew Graham, and we see that that recognition when he hears McLaren's name. He gets sick at the murder photos that she shows him and, and of course, claims he doesn't uh, remember anything. And, and again, yeah, yeah, knowing that we're not going to have a season four takes a lot of the fun out of analyzing all the little pieces of the episode. Yeah. You know, but uh, the, the victims were all abusive mothers. And while that's probably not going to be anything we're going to come back and see again i mean we did have the foster home thing with alexander and while that foster mom wasn't necessarily abusive she also wasn't all that nice either she wasn't yeah wasn't a warm fuzzy person 
Right. But when he asks for the water and whether he is really thirsty or whether he realizes that's a way to get McLaren alone, we're not sure. But did, did you notice he asked for water? Mac looks at her and she's like, gives him the little head nod. No, I'm not doing it. You're yeah. doing it. I'm your right. boss. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. They, they definitely had a, a battle of wills there as far as who was going to go get the water. But it's funny. He, as usual, Mac wins that battle of wills and he immediately announces that he's Traveler 7 something something. Uh, yeah. Recognizes Mac from training. And, and again, we've heard this line about the historical evidence being incomplete and of course tells him he's got to get him out of there his mission is pretty interesting i mean obviously it's pretty complex that whole line that he's the only one that understands what these two physicists are doing you know on the one hand um okay i guess i mean i I get that it's very complex math and physics and all of that but um I don't know. Maybe I'm. Yeah. Well, I was okay with that. But what I was like not okay with is the fact that, like, at first, Yates is like, well, what's what's the big deal? You know, why do you have to why do you have to break this guy out? And and Max like, well, I can't tell you. So obviously, as a narrative narrative device, they they needed that in order to pull the whole kind of heist of breaking him out. But then when Mac meets up with her later, he just tells her. So why didn't he just tell her in the first place? Why does he wait till after this, you know? It, it's like, you know, it's like Tom Sawyer coming up with the escape plan for Jim, you know? It's like he's making his life needlessly complex. Right. There's no reason for him not to tell her. She knows who he is. She knows his team. Yeah. And... There's just no and reason. he does tell her later. Well, yeah, but I'm but, saying right from the start. I mean, right. <laughs> I mean, she's, you know, Max got to tell Yates who Andrew really is. And, and the whole idea that the future made a mistake. She threatens Mac with arrest if he does anything to jeopardize the case. And I, I, I just love it. Don't fuck with me. Yeah. And <laughs> I guess the, what makes that scene you know, I guess that much more meaningful is that, well, we know he is going to, and it's nothing personal. Yeah. I mean, that's what I love so much about their relationship is that we know there is trust down the road. It's just that it's not completely there yet the way it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there's, there's some trust there, you know, I mean, well, sure, but not, not enough, you know, I mean, yeah. eventually not enough that he could just say, I have to do this. And she's just done, you know, right. But Which then like, again, she should be kind of right. Right. But then again, knowing what she knows, why not just say, look, I, I can't explain the science and math to you, but trust me, if we don't stop these two physicists from their work, a billion people are going to die. Yeah. Or he could, the, the exact thing he told her later to get her on board, he could tell her now so he doesn't have to like come up with this, you know, huge plan to, to break Andrew out of prison. Right. Now, speaking of the, the breakout, obviously the team 
comes to his assistance and Philip remotely disables the FBI vans. I don't know if that's really a thing or not. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> but McLaren, you just crossed the line. She tells the mask, Carly and Philip, and, and you know, darn well, she knows exactly who's behind the masks. Yeah. So yeah, McLaren at that point, McLaren should have a snappy line. Like, dude, I thought I crossed the line months ago. You know, Right. Like that. But, but they, he didn't say it, but he should have. Right. But, you know, so they're on the run and, and, you know, they've got clothes for Andrew to change into before he meets the physicist. And he understands that he's going to end up in prison and asks if they can tell him what to expect because it's not something he studied. And Max says, yeah, I didn't study it either. And I'm wondering, is that a response to what he thinks might happen to him once Yates takes yeah. over after uh, yeah. you know he helps a serial killer escape, but right, right, you know, it's possible. But, but the one scientist that they meet is freaked because I guess she recognizes Andrew from TV. Yeah, um, and then we see this. He's got a big deal around here, you know. All right, and then we see at Ops when Yates and the SWAT team storm, and and immediately as soon as they hear them at the door, Marcy's already got her hands in the air. <laughs> but i love that line if we didn't break him out there would be no public to protect right and i think it's phil again a good line that could have been used earlier to like avoid some of this unpleasantness right And, and, and i like that they bring up helios and the way i think it's mac brings it up is that that was the main mission of the traveler program and now we're just staying around for what? Cleaning up the mess that deflecting Helios caused? Because I think, as he says, you know, these two women would have died, but they survived because we deflected Helios. And, that, and then it brings up that whole kind of question that, you know, I just finished my rewatch of Continuum, that whole idea of time travel and changing things. All right, you think you're changing it for the better, but are you? Right, uh, and and what a, a number of time travel shows kind of uh, thematically touch on is how, and certainly Continuum did, that um, you know time doesn't necessarily change or, or things, you know, like like the the timeline pretty much like self corrects, right? Sure, right. Uh, except they do bring up that concept of the person that's really important, so you know that that if you take them out then there might be significant change and and clearly with two physicists of this caliber you can see where they're working on this project could really have ramifications but after andrew explains what's wrong with the project he hugs the physicist and you know the second time i watched this it really hit me i mean i, I really there there's a certain emotion in that scene that She's obviously crushed. I mean, this is her life's work. And yeah. on the one hand, she's losing millions of dollars, a Nobel Prize, more than likely. And Andrew seems to understand that. And that yeah. hug, I just I just was really touched by it. Or maybe he just wanted to, like, you know, taste her eye or something like that. Oh, uh, well, we, oh, that's not him anymore. Come on. That's, that's <laughs> no. the guy. Okay. But, you know, it could be, you know, some, you know could be some some 
leftover elements in there, like there right. were with Mac. But yeah, right. no, no, I, I, I joke, of course. Uh, yeah, it was a really nice uh, little addition there to that scene where he gives her the hug because he didn't need to do it. You could have just said, "All right, I, my job's done. See ya." But yeah, he understands uh, how you know for for this lady to give up on this and to stop pursuing this is you know it's huge for her yeah so, and, and, so and, just and, a little sympathy a little right and, and he understands now that he's going to prison and he's ready to accept that as his fate and mac tells yates the man just saved the world how about we do him a little favor which i guess referred to the handcuffs because andrew says look i i, I did my job i'm not going anywhere yeah. you're fine But I love that Yates, because this is really, I think, a monumental shift for her, that she allows Andrew a last meal on the outside. Yeah. And he says, well, Because she gets it now, you know. Right, right. And and he asks her what it is he's eating, and she tells him a hot dog. Dog. Interesting. And then she's like, no, no, it's not actually made from dog. And and you see McLaren there. He's like, just stop. Don't even bother. (laughs) And, and, and yeah. then the other the other agents come in to get him, and and Yates is the one that says, "Let him yeah. finish." Right, right, yep, yeah. She definitely, uh, you can definitely see her coming around again. You know, like I said, I mean, I, I get it. You know, you you want to have the breakout scene, and if Mac tells her what's going on and Yates is okay with it, then you can't get the breakout scene. So, whatever. But um, but yeah, it. it, it she has really come around the most, I think, in, in this episode. Yeah, and unfortunately, we only got two more. So, yeah. Now, now the other story, the other principal story, is Dawn and the faction. And I think we talked last time about Jeff, and it came up on the Facebook group that you know, did did I miss something? Jeff's with the faction, and and but then we have to keep in mind that he's a solo traveler he doesn't have a team and he and carly are having lunch and it's just really a sweet scene and and it's it's the dynamic that we've kind of been waiting for i mean not all that long because jeff hasn't been this jeff 2.0 for all that long anyway but she's on him about his his bad use of slang they're laughing connecting and then he gets a call for a solo mission and leaves and okay now we put two and two together but we see him and another traveler moving that heavy crate and that's when we like oh okay uh he's embedded himself in the faction and and i don't know mm-hmm. about you but my first thought was oh dude's a faction member i can't remember what i i first thought i i can't remember whether i thought oh no jeff is with the faction or I, that's probably what, because they definitely play it up like that to make it seem like, you know, he's gone rogue and he's joined the faction, which we we've, we've seen just you know just last episode, and, and of course we haven't really known this version of Jeff long enough to be able to say something like, oh well, no, he would never do that, right? So because we don't really know this guy, right? And I don't know about you, but again, did I miss the technology where it's like you can detect a traveler? by activating some kind of beacon so yeah right so i guess then again my first thought is well how come jeff's 
comm unit didn't activate because he doesn't have one. It doesn't have one, right. Because he doesn't have a team. So as soon as he becomes, you know, I, I guess, identified as a traveler, he starts beating the crap out of him. And then she hands him a gun and basically says, finish the job. And yeah. he's like, what is this, some kind of test? You're like, yeah, it's a test, yeah, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> and... I, you know, it's you really feel for Jeff. Hell, even the old Jeff, I think, would have had a, a an issue killing somebody in cold blood, which is exactly right. what he tells Don. No, I've never killed anybody in cold blood before like this. Yeah, and you know, Don is you know she's just that kind of complex character that she really believes in her mission. And we can't necessarily say she's wrong. We could argue her methods and her tactics, but I guess she just sees this but as something. She, she, she's it's a, a loose fanatic, end. though. She's, well, just, she she's a fanatic, and that's that's problematic because people who are fanatics can justify anything, right? Well, that's true. I mean, I, I, I guess on the one hand, you could argue, and 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 I think we've talked about this with various shows that we've podcasted about leaving loose ends is never a good idea and the the loose ends generally come back to haunt you and this is a traveler this is your enemy you know that are we yeah. at war or are we not so i know what you're saying and and it, it's certainly a valid uh, approach to that that idea but you know still um but yeah, well, but yeah, you know, puts Jeff, uh, you know, because a lot of times, <clears throat> especially like, have you ever seen like Donnie Brasco with Johnny Depp? Uh, I haven't. I mean, I, I'm a familiar with it, but I've never so, really seen. Yeah, it. Yeah, so basically, he's like uh, the undercover cop, like deep, deep, deep undercover in the mob, you know. And so there's all kinds of scenes in there where you know he has to compromise himself. I think there's like a, a, a you know <clears throat> uh, in The Departed. Um, there, there's another you know, great scene where Leonardo DiCaprio uh, is, is kind of forced to, I think he just witnesses something, you know, go on. But, you know, it's basically like the undercover cop to get undercover and to remain undercover, you have to do criminal things. You know, so it's a question of what the greater good is here. It's obviously very, very difficult for Jeff to kill the traveler. But, and honestly, you think he was only like really inside for a little bit of time. He finds the, um, the uh, archive or the archivist and, and then, you know, they, they get out of there. So, um, you know, I, I guess the, the sacrifice of that traveler allowed him then to get the archivist out, but then she gets killed at the end anyway. So it's almost all told you you wonder what's the point of it all right like he you know he he killed this guy in order to save the archivist who was then later shot before she was able to complete her mission along with david so you know like and it's so in that i think is kind of a like a symbol of the the travers program altogether they are sacrificing and doing all this stuff but they're not 
uh, finding success, right? Or they, they, their missions are successful, but in the overall scheme of things, they aren't changing the future, which a number of people have told them who came back from the future after, or came back to the 21st century after Mac and his team did. So, you know, it's just this whole point of what, you know, what's, what's the whole, what's the point of it all? Is it all even worth it? You know, what, what I find particularly troubling about this scene is that Don still doesn't completely trust Jeff. Okay. Yes. He put a bullet in that guy's brain. So that was a test. He passed that test, but she wants him to guard the archivist while they are gone knowing how important the archivist is to the faction why would you leave a guy that you don't trust a hundred percent yet alone with this individual that was a problem for me and, and of course that was a you know a problem for dawn as it turns out but then as you said he escapes with her they go back to the actual archive and she thinks the archivist that is that the gunfire is her backup i assume it's the faction if the archivist is important why did shoot her yeah you know right yeah yeah good point so i mean that's something that really didn't hit me the first time but then doing a rewatch i'm like well that doesn't make any sense yeah. Her own people wouldn't shoot her. Right. Why would Dawn's people? So I, I don't Maybe know. Maybe she that's just pissed them off. I guess. I guess. But <laughs> yeah, uh, you're right. No, that does. Yeah, that, that's a that's a really valid point. Like, yeah, why do they shoot her? You know, it seemed like they were pretty, you know, she was pretty important. I don't know. Did, was, did they just need her maybe to to take them to the archive? Um, you know, I, that, now that's a possibility that, that, that's, a, that's a good point. Maybe that is it, you know, but you know, even before we get to that, Jeff brings the wounded archivist to David's because he needs Marcy and her medical knowledge asks David, well, do you know where her med kit is? Of course, David's doing what he always does. How do you know Marcy? We work together. Oh, FBI, J- David, just get it for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, revives her with a neurostimulator and then tells David he needs his help as armed backup. <laughs> Don't shoot anybody unless I tell you to. <laughs> and on the one hand, because of the tension in the scene, you don't really want to laugh at that line, but seeing it here in black and white on paper in my notes, it is kind of funny. Yeah, well, it, it's also, it's kind of, I thought it's kind of funny even, you know, during the scene itself. But uh, but you're right. It is a tense scene. But uh, David's pretty good with kind of like uh, alleviating a little bit the intensity of a scene. Right. And they get to the archive and, you know, everything's happening so quickly. And the archivist reveals to David that she's from the future. But it's it's so quick and offhand that I don't think it really sinks in and makes sense to him yet. She tells him to load the blood into cases, take as much as he can that the blood is infused with nanites with historical information from the future. And again, things are happening so quickly, it just doesn't really register. The last bag contains the most recent update, and then she gets shot and killed, and he gets shot while holding the bags. And 
you know, is he dead? Well, we don't know. So he certainly seems dead. I mean, you, you, I was looking for movement in his eyes and any breathing, anything like that. But, you know, but that's certainly what we're left with from that scene. So um, pretty, pretty intense. I mean, I, I don't want to say it was unexpected that the archivist got shot. But wow, David. Yeah, it's so shocking. You know, I I, I still the the first time I saw it, I was just like, like I, what? You know, and then just boom, just end the episode there. It's uh, wow, it's 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 uh, yeah. And so you know, and I'm like, I think like that's how they're gonna they're gonna do David like that. You know, just like like no big you know meaningful death scene or anything. Just just get popped well, holding a bunch of blood like well, come yeah, on. but you say that and, and i guess i feel like i i feel like it was a noble death for him if that's the way this plays out oh, because well yeah you know, because he is putting himself in this danger that he's realized for a while now he needs to train himself to be able to handle and while I don't think he expected anything this intense this quickly, he he comes through. So if this is, in fact, the end and, and next week's episode's titled David. So whether it's going to be a eulogy for David, uh, you know, we don't know at this point, but just yeah, just wow. Just intense. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just, just like that, you just see his face. So like, we don't even see the shooters or anything, you know. Right. Just the we, the camera is tied up on David, and well, I mean, obviously we see the the archivist get killed, and then you know, the just Karen pulls up close on David, and boom, yeah. yeah, just totally. Even like rewatching it, like you know it's coming, but it's still completely shocking. Yeah. Now you know we see Marcy and David in the park earlier in the episode working on his defense training she throws him around a bit and and he won't respond until she tells him that she's got his balls in her purse you want him come get him and he gets pissed off and right. flips her for real and yeah. which is the line that he used yes. uh, like two episodes ago i believe exactly so. exactly and, and then we see them in the apartment doing yoga and he gets a text that Jeff missed a meeting and he's not happy about it. And, and I love her line, you can't be everyone's guardian angel. And, I mean, that, that kind of is. I mean, she even says that's not your job. And he says, well, it kind of is my job, you know. And then, of course, you know, they're talking about stress release. But what really comes out of this scene, I, again, we've talked about it the last few weeks, is is that – He's been in love with her for a long time, but it's now reciprocal. And each week, it seems to be more intense on her end. You know, she tells him, I love you, and and we know she means it. And that look she gives him, of course, now we understand foreshadows what's going to happen at the end because nobody can be this happy, you know? So Right. Yeah, it's definitely... You know, you you definitely suspect uh, some kind of setup, especially with the uh, you know the coitus interruptus that we got here, where 
you know, anytime in a movie where people are toting guns, a movie or TV show where there's people toting guns, there's deadly danger all around. Whenever someone says something like, oh, I'll see you later, uh, you know, the, 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 the suspicion-o-meter uh, starts clicking, wondering if, you know, are they actually going to see each other later? Right. Now, Philip and Trevor, we see a little bit of them. And obviously, Philip has stopped taking the yellow pills, and he's having a difficult time coping. And, and, and I admire his desire to cut the drugs, but even Trevor tells him, you know, the director is asking you to take those for a reason. But Philip and, and the viewer, we're seeing these alternate timelines, and we see the one that he was in bed with Carly and you know, we know he has a crush on Carly, but, you know, for her, it's not reciprocal. They're just friends. But I, I love when Trevor comes in and he's psyched, I am a machine, he shouts. And I'm thinking like, yeah, you kind of are, you know, with that uh, yeah, d- device right, that's right. been implanted. Yeah, true. True. Right? But uh, he understands what Philip's going through, that whole idea of navigating through multiple timelines, you know, working on focusing exercises to be able to combat the lack of drugs but it takes us to that final scene when um you know first of all philip asks carly if she wants to get a coffee and she's like are you making this weird again all right well see here's the funny part about that okay. because in the beginning of the episode when he wakes up and carly's in bed with him but it's actually just an alternate reality she says I'm glad I got that. I'm glad we went and got that cup of coffee. Uh, oh, right, right. So now Philip is like, "Well, let's let's see if we can make this thing work." <laughs> you know, and right. it doesn't work. Right, and then he sees that explosion in the distance. She immediately gets a call that there's been a nuclear explosion in London. So what is it he's seeing? I mean, is he seeing the explosion in London, or is he seeing an explosion that's going to take place? or takes place in another timeline uh, that's yeah i mean that, why, why would he see the one in london though right yeah i mean that's the challenge of philip's character at this point we're not really ever sure what to make of anything he sees r- r- well right and certainly he can't trust what he's seeing but he is seeing things that are relevant to his where he is physically at that moment Right, like when he's in bed, he sees Carly, but in his bed, he doesn't see Carly in another person's bed or anything like that. Um, so, you know, I, my assumption then is that he is seeing an alternate reality where a nuclear weapon was detonated in Seattle, which obviously it hasn't been detonated, or Carly would have said, oh my God, that that's a nuclear weapon that just went off in the distance over there. Right. You know? So, so is this um, going to be their next mission? to prevent this nuclear explosion from well, taking place. Think. So anyway, um, all right. You got anything else you want to bring up? Um, oh, this is a big one. So like the, the kind of Mediterranean looking dude with the faction, is right. that 001? Um, I God, I'd have to go back and take a look again. he seems like he's in charge, right? Don was in charge before. Right. And now this dude is, like, giving orders. I'm like, I think that's 001. 
Wow. I didn't catch that until this episode. This is like the third time I've seen it. This wow. is the first time I thought that. So Okay. Well, I'm going to have to go back and look at it again. Yeah. Okay. Go check Good. it out. All right. Okay. Because um, that would be pretty significant if it is. Yeah. And they don't. Like they don't say anything, I, I, like unless I missed it. But I just realized I'm watching. Like, oh wait a second, that that that, that dude. I don't know who that dude is. And he's kind of giving the orders here. But wait, the last time we saw Don was the one giving the orders. Don was the one in charge. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing. But uh, you know, I just uh, worth noting. I thought they they they, they used they, they said like Jesus Christ like four times in this one. Oh yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's like the speaker, the the writers. That's their, you know, favorite uh, exclamation or something like that. So, I guess we'll talk about the how the the archivist, what their whole deal is, because I know Fred brought that up. So, I guess we'll talk about that in the Fred feedback section. Okay, I think I think that's it. Okay, all right. Well, let's head into listener feedback and you know hear what Fred has to say this week. <laughs> <coughs> Oh, God. Oh, my God. Where was I? Um, I was calling. I wanted to tell you that I think I have a concussion because I have all the symptoms. Hey, Hoodle. Uh, I got conked in the head pretty hard, and I could use your advice. Oh, this is, this is Fred. Uh, a lot of you have been asking about the possibility of a season four, but many of you have been saying... Look, if this is it, what a, what a moving and surprising and profound ending it is. Well, I'm afraid it is. Who knows what the future holds, but Traveler's Program 1, as we call it, is complete. On behalf of our creator, Brad Wright, uh, my fellow producers and directors, designers, our writers, our amazing crew in Vancouver, and all of the cast, who I love more than they know, I want to say thank you. This really was a strong blow to the head, causing a concussion. So, as I said, Dave and Wayne, I really can use your advice. Hello, this is Fred from the Netherlands, with some feedback for Travelers Season 3, Episode 8. What you just heard was a video fragment Eric McCormick posted himself, so Grant McLaren, on Twitter. And I made an audio clip of it and took just some sentences from it. And the other one was David in episode 4, when he had his concussion and called Marcy. Two episodes to go. So, of course, I'm sad that this series has to come to an end. But if we believe Michael R. on Dan of Geek, the series will have a satisfying end not completely, but satisfying enough. So I think I'm going to trust him on that, because otherwise I could get into a depression. Well, I could get into that anyhow, if we see how this episode ends with David being killed. I assume he's really dead, but I don't know what I am going to do with magic nanites or whatever. But as we see him suffocate and drowning in his own blood, it looks like really dead. But perhaps they can revive him. And actually, during this episode, I was a bit irritated by him. Like, 
Oh, silly David. As I talked about in previous feedback, that he is getting on my nerves a little bit by behaving so righteous and stupid. A, a bit too much of his trope, and I got annoyed, but this is not the reward I wanted. As a big Orphan Black fan, I of course liked the scene where we see three Trevors. I also liked the constant catfight between McLaren and Yates. I think Philip can get his multiple vision of the future under control. Although, what's happening in London? That was not a future vision. It seems to be really happening. On the other hand, the makers could mislead us here, and the reaction of Carly, which more or less proves that it's real, is also a part of David's vision. As she was in the beginning of the episode, being in his bed. Carly and Jeff having a nice time together still feels a little off to me. I'm constantly awaiting a, a downfall there. I'm, I'm constantly on guard. And last topic, these archives. Walking around archives, DNA coded messages, etc. Of course, that's not impossible. I don't get it yet. I really have to rewatch probably. But perhaps you have an explanation or an insight. Okay, that was all for now. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Okay. All right, well, David's behavior, and, and I was kind of alluding to this a couple of minutes ago. I guess Fred and I, I guess we don't see eye to eye, Fred, because oh, look, his character still gets the witty, self-deprecating dialogue. But I, I guess I really feel like he steps up when Jeff calls on him, despite everything he sees going on around him on I don't know what else he could do so I'm okay with David I just I like him more and more each week yeah I, I mean I've definitely felt better about David since my you know as our, my my well documented uh distaste for him originally um I think they used well the actor's great but I I didn't find him annoying at all I think the uh the the especially the scene in the park where you know he's like if i i, I can't people are just gonna think it's a bearded guy attacking a, a woman you know and everything so uh you know he's obviously um I don't know, it's a really funny character uh, i've come around on david so okay now, he brings up the McLaren-Yates dynamic, which is, as I said, one of the things I'm going to miss most about the, you know, the plot point that doesn't get developed. But it is developing. They bump heads, and, and I love that line when, when he finds out that she said McLaren crossed the line, and he says, well, she's not wrong. And even though they are at loggerheads often, they generally end up on the same side. So... Yeah, I'm going to miss that too, Fred. Mm -hmm. Now, I do like the fact that it's difficult for us to get a handle on what's going on with Philip. Um, you know, we talked about the explosion that he sees and, and you know, uh, what that actually is. You know, he, he brings up the Carly Jeff scene, which, uh, you know, again, agree that that's just really a wonderful scene. But he brings up what's the deal with the archivists and the archives. And again, that's one of those things that I'm a little fuzzy on as well. Yeah. It's not just blood. It's genetically stored historical information encoded into DNA 
by nanites. Oh, yeah. is that all it is? It's a, Why didn't you say so? Yeah. Again, it seems like there's easier ways to, to do this, right? Right. Like they could go to Ilsa. They could they could talk to her and give their information that way. So, uh, yeah, I, that that is a really goofy way of you know transmitting information to the uh, to, to the director. I, I don't know. Like I, I, I'm with you too, Fred. I don't really understand it. I don't think I haven't really have a. That's one of those things you just. I'm just kind of nod my head and say. All right, fine. Okay. I whatever. I don't understand it really, but whatever. I'll just kind of take it as you know on the surface level. Right. I mean, the the fact that this is how the future receives new information from the past, well, okay. Uh, and how is that again? I mean, do the historians receive updates through blood transfusions and top-offs or the archivists and then they somehow communicate with the director i don't like you said uh, okay whatever yeah but uh anything else that fred brought up that you want to address um you know again super big bummer about no season four um you know i guess we'll again we'll discuss that more in the uh spoiler zone so while we go there all right cool so fred thank you as always and that will send us over to the spoiler zone and as we always tell you if you haven't seen the rest of the series don't proceed check back with us next week so all right so obviously david is not dead that he's saved by the nanites which i think was a reasonable uh way to avoid his death that the bullets went into the blood bags and it must have driven some of the blood into his system and okay that, that that's cool i mean he's still he's still gonna have to, a little bit of a struggle but well he's gonna die well yeah but i mean for for, for now but yeah they're really playing up the david marcy storyline and relationship which which obviously leads up to the series final scene so i mean certainly um they're headed in that direction and they made a lot of progress tonight for sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, what else? You know, like just again, the, that scene where they're about to have sex and, and she gets the call. Um, and then, Oh, you know, well, you know, I'll see you later. Okay. That kind of like, you know, those, those scenes are always like kind of sad to look in retrospect. I think this is it for Dawn. I think, I know I said that before, so and I, and I get why I didn't really remember her role in this because it's still kind of a minor role in in this episode, and and she's done early on. So I looked at IMDb. I think this is the last one she's in. Okay. Um, this, which is kind of again, like we love Magda Panovic, and to to see her, uh, it, it was awesome this year. So that's kind of a bummer. You know, we know that you know the Philip is going to be able to use that. Um, multiple timelines they can see, uh, but uh, it becomes like, yeah, worse and worse for him uh, where he can't even cross the street because he's seeing cars that are there now. But he's not sure if a car is there now or if it's there in the f- in some alternate timeline and 
everything. So I think that's really it. I didn't really have a lot for the spoiler section, but okay. except to hear your um, your uh, uh, conspiracy, conspiracy theory. theory. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. So what do you want to give it for a grade? I'll let you go first this week. Um, I like this one. Um, I think, you know, again, like, I feel like, like an A, 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 it's not A plus definitely, but, but maybe a a solid A, a good 93, 94%. Okay. I'm still wavering between an A minus and an A, so I'll, I'll think about it but but we're, we're pretty close i mean I, yeah, i'm just I, thinking about the ones i gave a minuses to i probably like this one a little bit better so yeah i agree i agree so uh yeah let's go ahead and full on a do it so okay. all right all right so here's my conspiracy theory for the end of the show so knowing what we know about how the show ends who's the one character that we pretty much know we have to have if there's a season four well mac okay of the entire cast Who's the one that doesn't need the money? Yeah. I looked it up. He makes $250,000 per episode for Will and Grace. Okay. So he's, so he's making, and they're supposed to get a yeah, substantial raise. So 250000 grand a month for uh, the, the house he lives in. And right. I mean, he's, right. I mean, thing. he's making five, <laughs> five, six million a year from Will and Grace. I'd right. be I'd be shocked if anybody else in Travelers is making a hundred grand a year. For yeah. It. So I wonder if he just basically didn't want to do it. If he doesn't want to do it, not that they couldn't write it around not sure. having him anymore, but you know, I don't have any yeah. evidence for that. I, that's, I a sol- really, that's a solid conspiracy theory. I mean, I, I really like Eric McCormick. I, I think he, you know, he, he, the presence I've seen, and I don't go on, you know, social media a whole lot other than, you know, Facebook for our stuff. But, you know, the the, the Twitter stuff that he tweets, uh, you know, he seems like a good guy. I don't, you know. So anyway, that's my theory, yeah. and I'm sticking to it. Uh, okay. Well, and again, it, it is it is a, a drag um, doing – all those TV shows and to be involved in more than one TV show is a lot of work. And he, it's possible. He just said, listen, I don't, I don't need all this work. I'm, you know, but also, but, uh, on the other hand, we see Netflix is just canceling all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah. You know, and they're canceling all kinds of great shows. They're canceling all kinds of popular shows. So, um, you know, the fact that, that travelers got it, um, it's not super. I mean, if, if they're if they're dropping Daredevil, how, yeah. how can travelers expect to well survive? But, I know, know, but we keep saying this, and I, I still I'm firm in my belief that those are all Disney properties, and from everything I've read, they've got a streaming service in the works, and while I don't know that they're going to bring them all back, my guess is that that some of these shows that we think are canceled that we've been told are canceled, you know, could resurrect. I mean, look, given that, you know, the Marvel shows, whether it's, you know, Punisher, Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, I mean, we were only getting a new season like once every two years or so Mm -hmm. for these shows. So uh, I don't know, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I doubt travelers has a, 
a huge following. I mean, you know, we, we know they don't because we saw the numbers from uh, you know the time before it went to Netflix. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> you're probably right. It just didn't have the numbers, and <laughs> they canceled it. Yeah. So, but it it does it it sucks. So, and I know we'll talk more about this, but I think the the ending is 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 pretty. I, I mean, it, as you're watching it, you know that this ending could work as a series ender if it turns out to be like that, as well as the season ending. Yeah, sure, like sure. so they left in that little possibility of continuance. But also, if this is it, then they did kind of, you know, wrap up the story and um, brought about some closure. So, so. All right, cool. We'll talk more about that when we talk about the last episode. Okay. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and leave it there, if that's okay with you. Sure. All right. Well, that will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. want to thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about travelers the end of travelers the return of the haunting of hill house anything else going on in genre tv encourage you to join the facebook group and get into the discussions there uh, emails can go to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com voicemails via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website we'll be back next week to take a look at season three episode nine of travelers titled david but until then you know, sometimes people say, wait, like, you know, do you ever go back and listen to, like, what you, you say? Do you ever listen to your podcast and say, listen, I don't know what I told them. They drugged me. <laughs> <laughs>